All right, my name is Aaron Rhodes, and you're listening to the Shuttlecock Podcast. We're sponsored by the Vinyl Underground at 7th Heaven, offering new and used vinyl at 76th and Troost in Kansas City, Missouri. This week on the show, we have Greg Stitt. How you doing? Doing pretty good. How you doing? Pretty, pretty swell. Um, and right off the bat, I, I see you have prepared. You have several Kansas City yep. records sitting behind you there. I did a little, uh, little through the decades here. So you got 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 10s, and 20s going down yeah. the line. Oh no, yeah, you got it's uh, the Leopards, and I don't, I don't know yes. the the two after that. But then there's Casey DIY, Hip Shot Killer, and Silicon Prairie. Got the Micronauts, and then I got Casket Lottery, which I guess is oh, cool. close enough to punk. Yeah, yeah no. Hip Shot, and then Silicon. Yeah, no, Micronauts and Casket Lottery both rock. Just didn't. Did not recognize those covers right away, but um, as as anyone listening at, can already tell, uh, you are a, a scholar of uh, Kansas City music. I think it's fair to say. Maybe maybe you prefer another word, but um, works with me. Yeah, it's the one I'll use. Um, so I I usually start off with just asking. What were your first experiences with music growing up? Like, what were the first artists you were hearing and interested in? Just in general, just like in music. Yeah. Well, I mean, so my dad is like a huge Springsteen fan. He's got like a shrine for him in his basement um, at this point in his house where he's living now. But growing up, I would just have, you know, Springsteen, a lot of 80s, 90s AOR on the radio road trips and just driving around and stuff so yeah i would say like i have that kind of raucous upbringing but it only kind of dictates my taste to like a certain point you know it's like a foundation but it just grew from there to eventually encompass like pretty much everything at this point yeah oh yeah you're you're very i think you're you have a pretty diverse taste and I think anyone who follows your blogging and collecting can can tell that. Um, so, what what part did you did you grow up in the Kansas City area, or did you move here later on? I grew up in Independence, so that came with all of the things of growing up in Independence. You know, you had your 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 mall rock, you know, new metal and like ICP and and stuff like that as independence does. So that was a lot of like junior high, high school, like listening to music for the sake of like it being fast and heavy, but not necessarily quality, you know, just something that has like that aggression to it. Um, and then, you know, when you're a kid, this was pre-internet, this was, te- you know, before 2001. So listening to things that whatever I could get access to at that point, you know uh so so how many icp shows have you been to <laughs> zero unfortunately uh, zero it's it's an experience yeah. you have to go to I've at heard, least yeah. one mm-hmm. you'll, you'll come out soaked in fago and uh, heard. you will I, I i don't know if do they can cons- I, I wonder if they do consider you a juggalo for simply uh attending one show in that case if, if that's the case i i am a am a juggalo then juggalo uh, by, pro- by proxy Yes. Yeah. Thanks to uh, the Granada a few years back. That was, that was a fun time. Um, so you, you t- kind of talk about your uh, interest in, you know, first learning Bruce Springsteen and kind of just classic rock stuff from your dad and then finding out about kind of louder, crazier music in your, your teenage years. Yeah. Uh, what, what was your first step into Kansas City's music scene in specific you know i wish i could say that i have been into like local music as long as like someone like yourself i you know first got into like punk and stuff i would say probably about i was the age of 16 or so and it just kind of like branched out from there very quickly um but and I would enjoy going to local shows and, and enjoying local bands, but as far as, as taking like the, I guess what's sort of become like an archivist approach to it. That's only happened like, you know, for people who don't know me, I'm living in Austin right now and have for about seven years. So 
there's almost like a distance makes the heart grow fonder sort of thing going on. Um, wanting to kind of keep up and support new artists that are kind of just growing now in my absence, I guess, doing what I can. But uh, back to the question. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I was about 18, 19, 20 years old. Um, getting some, you know, some seven inch singles from, you know, stuff that uh, Jordan Carr and um, Justin. Um, Betterton. Betterton was releasing. Um, and it just kind of grew from there. I mean, it just it really started out very small and not very fanatical, just kind of listening to things that I enjoyed. And, you know, back then it was just like mp3.com. So you would get like just random poorly recorded mp3s on your computer and have no idea what to do with it from that point. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I, about in my early 20s, I made the mistake of getting rid of some of the stuff that I had accumulated and I kind of regret that but I'd say since about the age of 23 24 and on I'm 36 now almost in a month um it's been something that I've, I guess I've approached seriously and and wanting to document it for posterity or whatever what have you so yeah no oh, and I, I appreciate that um well the first two local bands that I got into were dark ages and kicked in so I, I enjoy the fact that uh, the music of Justin Jordan was the entry point for me and for you, but both at fairly different times. Like what, what year would you say you were getting into their bands? For me, probably oh four, maybe oh five yeah. around that time, I guess. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. I was, fully like maybe seven seven years later like in 2011 i think is yeah when can america survive came out and that was mm. one of the mm. first local records i i knew about good hello oh, there it is classic love it mm. it's it's a I'm, I'm having a whole dark ages nostalgia month i'm yeah i did the the article in the first issue and then nice yeah i, just, I yeah, listened I to know. your um to your podcast with shroud recently that was pretty good yeah no shroud's really fun to talk to i mean i've i've known that guy since i first started like he's probably i mean many people i'm sure can say this but he he was one of the first people i'd ever met when i first got into like hardcore and punk i mean that's been half my life ago and i was 18 years old going to like el torreon shows and so it's cool that like you know he's still at it and he's still he's been great with like showing people the way and and you know still playing in some great bands you know yeah and he is is he i'm trying to think he, he's from the missouri side but is he also from yeah. independence he's well he lives in blue springs i don't know blue springs, okay. yeah i think it's more blue springs lee summit so yeah. uh no it's kind of funny uh i was talking uh, i'm not going to name drop but i was talking to another person involved in the kansas city kind of diy scene and and J and we were talking about I think Dark Ages and Jason came up, and he's like, oh yeah, Jason's great because he's he's been around in the scene for at least like well, around twenty years now maybe, and he he's been straight edge the whole time, and he's he went to all these shows, and he's like my my friend's like yeah he's kind of like he's he's telling me it's like yeah it's great that he he has all this knowledge and can tell you about this these shows twenty years ago I'm like yeah he's it's it's like he's the the black box. In, in the plane <laughs> of Kansas City hardcore because everyone else is, yeah. you know, partying hard and uh, may not remember all these details. For sure, for sure. I mean, I, it's definitely fuzzy. I mean, having, you know, drank for a few years, I've been sober now for a few years, at least from drinking, but um, you kind of things get fuzzy. That's just how it happens, unfortunately. But um, it comes back every, every now and then, you know? Yeah, and uh, um, oh, what I, I did want to ask you, um, you, you name you. Okay, so if if anyone is not aware, you ran a blog called Riot on the Plaza from two thousand eleven to fifteen. Is that right? 
Yeah, I mean, it's still out there. I guess I could bring it back whenever I want, but yeah. yeah. Um, and that's named for a Tanqueray song. A yep. uh, that was a Kansas City punk band from the '90s and aughts. Yeah, uh, early 2000s. Yeah. yeah. What made you pick uh, that that song for to to name the blog after? Is that an important band for you? I mean, they're a great band. It's a great song, great band, local staple for that era for sure. Um, influenced me a lot. I think I remember writing an article about them for my high school newspaper. Like, I hope it can't be found. I'm sure it's complete trash, but 2002, I think I wrote about And So I Abide. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they've been a band that's been in my life for a long time. And also I, I kind of just wanted something that would be a reference to Kansas City without, but also, you know, something that's tied into music. I'm a, I'm a big fan of any form of something that could be like maybe pun oriented, something that's like referencing multiple things at once and tied together. I'm kind of an idiot like that. Yeah. So yeah, that works for me. And I liked it. And it's, it was what it was. Oh yeah. And um, so I'm kind of curious because I, I could probably do this like with my own blog and stuff like that. But um, I was kind of curious who your, your favorite kind of local bands to cover during uh, the time you're doing the blog. Like who, who would you consider like Riot on the Plaza staples? Like who are you always excited to write about? Oh man. Um, I feel like it was just such a, I feel like the, the blog itself, the usage that I had was just, it fluctuated so much during that time. I, I can't say like I consistently covered anybody in particular for a long period of time, but um, I probably mentioned like hip shot killer revolvers a lot. You know, I love the revolvers for anybody that doesn't know me. I am dead set on getting their CD issued on vinyl at some point, just throwing that out in the universe. But um yeah, definitely them. I mean, some other people that I kind of hung around with, Dead Girls, Ultimate Fake Book, that kind of camp, you know, just kind of some more on the poppy end of like power pop rock stuff. Um, I couldn't say anybody else who would have gotten mentioned more than them, yeah. just because it was such like a, some things would concentrate on things that were happening at that moment with like show reviews of like you know, maybe like a shy boys first show or whatever or and then half of it would be like oh, i'm going to talk about this band that broke up 15 years ago that i just want to tell people about you know so yeah it was just kind of just all over the place however i felt like writing about stuff that day i guess yeah no i was i was reading through like I, i'd seen like posts here and there like like i would like search kansas city band and a, a blog post would pop up but I, I did kind of like dig through the whole blog archive uh, this this past week, and uh, I pre I appreciate how thorough you are in in how you you write about these bands because like pretty much whenever a band is is mentioned, you'll instantly like like in in parentheses like list out like all these other projects they've been involved with and. That's, that's probably like between that and like uh, your, your Discogs work, it's like, these are probably, you know, some of the only like written kind of documents like connecting all of these different bands and stuff. And that's that's something I appreciate as a as a reader and uh, someone interested in, in the well, scene. Thanks, yeah. I mean, that's definitely the main reason I do it is just for it to be out there, for it to be used. You know, I want the information to be as concise and complete as possible so i i've for a long time i've been very interested in just kind of connecting artist family trees of, of these people working together in this project and this one and then they went off and did this and and so on you know you've seen it but the little like nerd talk section of my post i, I always enjoyed doing that just kind of that's where i could just do like a spiel of like oh this is all the stuff that they've done over the years and and you know just i guess Kind of comes down to like if you're looking for more things that these people have done bob's your uncle there you go you got a whole list of, of things to check out yeah no and it's funny I've, I've you know as you as you know i've found myself uh doing a good bit of discogs cataloging of newer kansas city bands and figuring out all the members and all of their respective projects 
So I, there must be, I guess it's just something similar in our brains that like compels us to like want to get in, in written terms, all of these like different connections. And it's kind of, it's just a fun thing for me to think about. Like, yeah, yeah just like this guy was in this band with this other guy. And so therefore this band is like cousins with this. Yeah. You said like a family tree type thing. So is, is, is that something you've, uh, always kind of had in your music interest or, and do you, do you kind of do that with other interests you have? I'd say Discogs definitely helped kind of mold that part of my brain, but it definitely existed before that. I think it's, it's, you know, it, it comes to like both being like, I, I am fine with doing like a data entry. That's you know part of my full-time job is like entering live show listings for the publication I work for. So that's just like that entry. So part of that is just like brain automation and then to be able to combine filling out this text history of what's happened or what's, what is happening with like this kind of hyper local environment of Kansas City people that you may or may not know, may or may not still be alive, but like a, a documentation of what has been done. I think it's it's something that kind of just like is, I never feel like it's complete. And that's kind of why I like it. Like there's always pieces that you can add on to that puzzle and just keep it going and going and going until it's, you know, this massive connection of, of people who are tangentially related in music, you know, across multiple genres and cities and such. Yeah, no, I love that. And um, you mentioned um, you, you moved to Austin about seven years ago, and you've mm -hmm. been working at the Austin Chronicle, which mm -hmm. is, uh, is that their kind of just the alt uh, yep. magazine paper? Yeah, yeah, just all weekly. Um, so yeah, I've been there for about four and a half years now. So um, just been working at home for the last year, though. Yeah. And what, what initially, uh, led you to decide on moving down there was, was it just like a cool job you really wanted or did you did you want like a, a big change of scenery well i mean the reason for the move was really due to my partner she got a job down here you know we moved from kc to dallas for about eight months and then from dallas, from dallas to austin we've been here for um oh man seven years at this point i think or at least in texas for seven years um so we, we moved down here for her employment i ended up working at a few spots you know pet shop and uh, i ended up getting on at the chronicle um just as a proofreader which i still am for them but I, i'm kind of the you know i'm just like the set of eyes that they keep on hand to, to make sure that there's no mistakes i guess and, and things that go to print so um i'm you know pretty I guess comfortable with that title, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. And you mentioned that a part of your job was like entering events and yeah. keeping track of all the clubs and venues and stuff. So what, what I'm, I'm sure a lot has changed in for that position in the last year. What have, what, what were you doing different now that the, during the pandemic? I have been so before the pandemic, before in the before times, we'll call it. Um, I would keep a Google spreadsheet that I would look at every week. That was about three pages long, three columns each, some few hundred venues, not venues per se, but like places that would hold live music regularly, which was a shit ton of places. There's a lot of places that would that would have like, you know, singer songwriter nights or, or what have you. Um, pandemic hit like before that okay so i would be entering in like two weeks worth of shows which would end up being roughly six or seven pages in print um pandemic hit that all dropped off i've been working from home um i've just been kind of entering one week at a time since then because things have still been so weird some things still get canceled last minute you know so but now the whole entire city is like kind of ramping back up. There's some larger venues on like Red River, like Stubbs and Mohawk that are going to be opening up this month. So it's kind of like getting back to like a closer, not quite a business as usual, but there's a lot of 
hesitant celebration going on um that's been happening like kind of ticking up for the last like few weeks and it's just i feel like it's gonna be just it's more and more shows more and more venues there's brand new venues that are opening which is crazy but yeah it's just it never stops i mean there's always stuff happening everywhere down here yeah um so has has some of your have you have you ended up at a lot of south by southwest stuff either for work or just your own enjoyment over the years a handful um it's easier said than done i mean it's it's i can definitely get out and go to it but it's just kind of crowds and and then the people and stuff it's not always easy to to get out there and get in the middle of a crowd this was before times again but um hoping i can get out and see some stuff you know for the duration that i'm still here which who knows how long that will be you know but yeah um so, yeah i guess you, you you talked about uh earlier on that you know you're you, you do end up missing kansas city scene and you know absence mm -hmm. makes the heart grow fonder and uh so I'm, I'm curious like maybe besides even a particular band or artist like what what do you miss maybe most uh about kansas city's music scene or just kansas city in general or there's just like certain feelings of being in kansas city that you specifically miss or like different venues or shops or what is it it's kind of it's hard to put a put a concise wording on it to say it's a feeling is probably the easiest way to put it it's because it's home you know yep. the place you grew up at the place that you started seeing bands a place where you like made all your friends at shows and 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 explored and and found new bands to get into or or artists or types of music or whatever um it just imprints on you and that never really goes away so i feel like there's there's always going to be that kind of part in the back of my mind where it's like not saying that kansas city is like better than it's just that it's some in some ways it's like best for for me you know for like it's got things that like really just like you mesh with it well and not every place that you go has that you know yeah so plus like all, all the stores are great i mean i love i've only been to some of the more recent ones a handful of times i mean i've been to sister ann's once but that place is great uh mills i've i've loved since they've opened you know uh, love garden is amazing i love those people um uh hell revolution's great you know it's the city's come a long way since like when i first moved out to downtown about i think it was about 06 or something it was when that like wave hit where like all the record stores closed that were down there um so it's cool that like it's kind of bounced back and then some they like now casey really has more proper record stores probably than like austin yeah. which is pretty cool oh yeah is there is there anywhere that that you haven't been uh when you've come back to to visit that you're excited to see i don't think so i mean i've been to brothers and i've been to there's a little place up on uh up in north town that's on i think armor yeah, that FM. i've been to yeah um yeah it's hard to keep track of what's open these days i mean like I, i'm still it feels to me like earwax just closed down like a year ago when it's been like eight or nine years so it's it's everything's kind of transient as far as the feelings around that goes but yep. i think i've been to all the record stores that exist right now but if there are some that i've not been to i definitely plan on hitting them up when i get the chance nice yeah um so i guess um i wanted to talk a little bit about your collection of kansas city music hmm. you've alluded to that um when specifically did you, I, you, you kind of lay it out on your Discogs profile page, huh? the, the fact that you are essentially trying to collect as much Kansas City area music as you can. Um, when, when did you decide that that was going to be a goal for you? It kind of organically grew, I would say, like uh, when 
I, I lived in Oklahoma City for about a year and a half, um, like 08 to the end of 09. When I came back, I kind of had, you know, the same thing sort of happened. Like you move away from KC and you're like, oh yeah, I missed my house. So I came back and kind of got a little like rabid interest in, in what was going on and what I'd missed. So like I would try to pick up the slack and or, or make up for lost time more or less and, and try to grab a lot of things that I had missed out on or never got around to getting or whatnot. So being a serious I'll, I'll say like i guess a local music archivist has only been like in the last decade or so i guess um but it's kind of grown exponentially year by year since then i mean now it's you can see like i've got a bunch of cassette tapes up here a tower of tapes but that only started probably in the last few years i mean i had maybe 30 tapes five years ago but now it's a few hundred and the majority of them are casey artists um, oh, yeah. sorry? Your, your, your golf collection is around 4,000. How, mm -hmm. how, how much would you say of that is Kansas City area stuff? It's, I don't know if I could put a number on I should, probably should do the research into that and find out because that's all the vinyl, all the tapes, all the CDs that I have. Yeah. Um, which I would say maybe you were looking at 35, 40% being KC. Um, might be a little generous, but it's probably pretty close to the actual number um, of 4,000. I guess that would be, I don't know, we're looking at maybe close to 1,000 things. Well, I might be undershooting it actually because like I've got that, that Instagram page that I'm sure we'll talk about here in a bit, the analog KC, I think it's up to like 850 things on there now. And I've got more tapes and records to go. And then CDs, I've got a few hundred that I've posted and still a you know, few stacks to go. So yeah, I don't know, 13, 14, 1500 things maybe, I don't know. Oh, it's a lot. Yeah, no, yeah tell me about, uh, you have um, analog KC on Insta Instagram, but also compact. KC, one one being tapes and vinyl, the other being CDs. Yeah, yeah. Compacted KC. I started about a year or two after I did analog KC, so there's a lot less things on there. But kind of just saw that as like a fun kind of like need that hadn't been met by anybody. So I was like, hey, why not? You know, I'll just start throwing some pictures on there, and maybe some people will get a little uh, jog down memory lane or what have you. But it seems to be pretty um appreciated which is cool you know i'm just doing it for fun so it's just on there for people to know what's out there i guess somebody could use it as a reference if they wanted to um yeah yeah didn't no, really start didn't really have any uh, plans to start it other than that but it has helped me to like connect with a few people that have gotten me some cds and records and things that i was missing so i appreciate that aspect of it for sure yeah i'm sure it, it's been it's been fun to to follow those and um I guess one, one question I had is, is there maybe one or a few like holy grails of like Kansas City physical music that you're uh, very much hoping to, to find somewhere? Yes. I'd need to take a second to think about it though. Um, Are we good? Oh, sorry, your audio cut out for a sec. Okay, can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, my, my computer's kind of not great with this. Um, I don't know if I could say for sure exactly what I'm looking for, but there's like a Bubble Boys demo cassette that was out there. I think it was like 94 or something. It came out, I think, before their seven inch that they did. That's something that I would, I would love to be able to get. A lot of these things also exist at the MAR archives mm -hmm. and UMKC, which hopefully I can set up a appointment at some time to go there and just check everything out and and just nerd out about it. But um, I I don't know. Yeah, I'm kind of drawing oh, yeah. a blank, I guess, since I'm on the spot. But yeah, there's there's definitely things out there, and then there's uh, you know, whoever wants to like look up my Discogs page, I guess my username is Gregory Stitt S T I T T, and I have a lot of things that are listed on there that don't actually exist on Discogs, 
a lot of things that have just kind of slipped through the, my fingers or, you know, stuff I've never come across. So like, if you are a person who is hanging on to a lot of local music and, and want to reach out about setting something up, a trade or whatever, do that. Um, that's, that's all I got to say about that. But um, yeah, I mean, the Instagram pages are, are they're fun. I, I kind of started doing them a little more like every day and I kind of, just do them when I, I have the time at this point. Sometimes I get busy with work and so I'll go a few weeks without posting anything, but I've I've kind of always got like a backlog on my phone, yep. eating up my memory of stuff to post. Um, so no, the, the Bubble Boys, they were a 90s kind of like power pop, pop punk band for yeah. once. Yeah, yeah, pop punk for sure. They're kind of like, I don't know, they, they are lookout records type pop punk i'd say you know energetic just good kind of whatever you think of with 90s punk rock bands that would have played with like the mr t experience or whatever um yeah good stuff yeah i think I've and those guys those they played the odd reunion every now and then but there are i think last i heard plans to finally issue on i think vinyl maybe the album they recorded back in like 98 or something and never released so it's still out there and some of the songs are even out there streaming but that entire album of like 18 some odd songs is still unreleased which hopefully casey can get that at some point because it's pretty good it's a good album no yeah i've I've definitely listened to to one release of theirs i need to get around to checking out the rest of them i'm guessing they were a little before your time but did you see any of like the reunion shows they've done Yes, I saw their reunion they did at the record bar probably 2012 or 13, I'd say, um, which was good. You know, it was a small crowd. Probably should have gone to the Lawrence set because they had a different set list for each show. And that was the one where they played like Tenth of Mass and these other like great songs that kind of have, I don't know. A lot of good songs that like just imprinted on my memory but most of the songs that like i like the most are the ones that they played at the replay lounge and not the record bar set but what are you gonna do you know um no yeah and you mentioned the the mar sound archive at umkc and that I, i've been following all of their social media for a few years now and have also not uh stopped by before to to check it out but it seems like it's probably a pretty cool collection they have and it's do, do you know if it's like just gent like they'll they'll do they take like any recording that they're they're given and kind of just save keep it or are they kind of focused in their collection i i'm not the best person to answer that but i know that they've definitely taken all sorts of collections like i've heard some stories of like just you know large collections that you know people have who maybe passed away, um, they all their stuff got dropped off there. But uh, yeah, I don't know exactly the the parameters of like their their requests or requirements or whatever. I just know that they have a lot of stuff and and a lot of it's probably maybe the last copy in existence they might have in their collection for all I know. So there's a lot of stuff there that's probably really um, valuable to the history of KC music. Yeah, no, I think I've seen at least a post or two uh, from their collection about, I, I, I'm, I'm sure they do have like some like pretty rare, like early Kansas city jazz recordings. I, I'm sure that's something they probably kind of end up specializing in. So yeah, I'd love to dig through that at some point. For sure. Um, so yeah, um, I guess that might bring us to, uh, one of your, your most recent projects that you've been working on. Uh, you recently launched a Bandcamp page called the Casey Punk Archive, and so far you have—is it maybe like uh, around ten, five to ten uh, Kansas City Punk releases from? Uh, it's mostly the '90s and 2000s uh, that weren't previously on Bandcamp or streaming. Man, I'm sorry, I I just lost that entire part of it because of my. Um my connection kind of dropped out. So most of oh. what you just did there, sorry, I can, yeah. see, I can see you talking, but I couldn't hear anything. So sorry about that. No. Yeah. Um, so on the Casey punk archive Bandcamp page, you have so far like five to 10 ish, uh, releases and it's all 
uh, Kansas City punk records and stuff from the 90s and 2000s so far? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's 12 or 14 maybe things to be exact with like about maybe 20 or 30 things like in the op or stuff that I'm waiting on just to hear back from the artists that were involved with it for their go ahead to just like post it up. But yeah, it's, um, I guess I started with the intention of making it kind of 80s, 90s into like mid 2000s, like a pre-band camp sort of documentation of whatever was going on. Um, it's mostly been more of like a 94 to like 2004 like that decade more specifically lately just because i'm have i i'm gonna have some issues with like ripping some records i have that i won't be able to really address for a little bit and and also had some um records like records that justin and jordan released that i had made a rip of like a decade ago that i went back and reviewed just to see if they were worth putting them on there and i don't even know why i ever like put those out there because they're complete trash with like pops and skips and, and all that so those are like basically unusable as far as worth putting up the stream. But I do have the um, the KC DIY compilation I've got back here. I've got a pretty good clean rip of that. And so I've gotten to go ahead to put that up. So probably that will be up in the next few days. And hopefully from there I can get, get some more, you know, clean rips, stuff that's highest quality if possible to, to pass on to whoever wants it, you know? Yeah. Um... And, and it is all stuff that wasn't previously on Bandcamp or streaming? For the most part, I mean, the, the Olsen Terror record is on there. They've got their own Bandcamp page, but um, yeah, Justin gave me the kind of blessing to put more or less everything that he's been involved with up there. So I appreciate that, you know, that's just kind of, I guess one of the things, there's, there's a few things that I might be putting up in the future that are also currently on Bandcamp, but um, it's just, you know, it's instead of like linking to another band's page, I, I would be nice to be able to like have everything in one spot to just say, this is all here, you know, and then just for the ease of access, I guess. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, you've, you've been kind of working on your, your personal Kansas city collection over the last five, 10 years and um what what made you decide that this was the time to kind of start giving it back to the public and making some of your collection available um you know kind of the same thing as with like the instagram pages it was kind of um there was nobody that had done anything like that yet so i figured why not me you know i've, I've got access to some of the technology that is needed to make a good page. And, you know, I've, I've reached out to some other people that do regional archives and just kind of get little tips and tricks here and there. But um, yeah, just it's it's something that I thought would be interesting and a learning um, kind of database for people that maybe are just getting into local music or just have dropped out of it long ago and just want to hear some stuff that they, you know, maybe were involved with 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Uh, which have, there's been a few people that have commented about like how long it's been since they've heard certain things, which is, it's cool, you know? Yeah. What, what are some of these regional projects that you're, you're kind of looking at? As far as what now? What, what are some of those like regional archive projects that you're like look, looking to and oh, checking like with? Inspiration? Yep. There's um, so there's one in Chicago that I'm very impressed with. It's um, called DuPage County Hardcore. Uh, it's on Bandcamp. I think last I checked, they've got like 500 releases on there. It's branched out more than just punk and hardcore. I think they've got like some rap and some alternative, but it's more just 90s and 2000s. But um, this guy who has drummed for a bunch of Chicago hardcore bands, um, Dave Hoffner. Hoffer, uh, Dave Hoffa is what he goes by. Uh, he started up and so I reached out to him. He's, he's a cool guy. So he's got some good advice on just how to keep things interesting, I guess, you know? Nice. Oh, could, sorry. oh could, could you move the, the mic off your shoulder? Yeah, sorry. Okay. Yeah, I was just making a noise, but. Gotcha. Um, oh yeah, um, so what what releases that you've you've put back up 
are are you are you most excited about so far? The ones that are available. I mean, the Tanker Ray's Dirty Voices is definitely the one that's still, even though it was the very first one that went up, it's still one of the most popular ones, which I, I guess I didn't really realize how kind of sought after, I guess you could say that release was. And um, so there's that one for sure is the one that I, whenever I check like the stats on it, just to see like what people have been interested in listening to or downloading, that's pretty much always the top one. Um, there's a Glitter Kicks record on there that I put up a while back that that's like the first digital appearance that that album's ever had. And so like I had, you know, the approval of Tawny Freeland with that and was talking with her. And so she was pretty excited and everyone else who used to listen to that band, I guess, was very excited as well. So that's that's been another one that a lot of people have come back to listen to. And I'm happy to be able to provide that um, venue that people can use, you know. Yeah, um, and you mentioned that some of uh, Justin's other bands are, are going to be up there soon. Is, is there anything you want to tease that the people, uh, like releases you have coming up that are going to get posted? Um, I mean, eventually Big Brown Sharks, the majority of their discography is going to be up there. Um, so you've got your you know, that whole era of KC DIY with, with, um, you've got, I think, Anxiety Attack might have actually been Cassette Kill now that I'm saying out loud, out loud. Um, the Alert Alert, Crap Core, um, there was the New Morning Changing Weather, uh, Gay Wild Five, a lot of stuff like that. Um, Is that, what's up? Is John Brown's kids was that one of the releases? Short bus. That, there might have. I don't think so. There was a short bus kids discography CDR that I think might have been like involved sort of with one of those releases. But the seven inch I think was just a self release thing. The seven inch split, not the kids split. Yeah, that's a good one. That's the one that I definitely want to get up there at some point. I just need to get a good quality rip of it. And, um, you know, Mike Tooley, a lot of things that he's been involved with over the years, there's definitely some stuff I want to get up there. He's He's been, uh, of course, involved with with many things as, you know, calling back to the podcast with Jason Shroud, he also commented on how involved Tooley's been in local music for 25 years at this point. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I don't know if I've ever had like a full conversation with Mike, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm aware he's he's been around and involved for quite a while now. And I'm, I'm a fan of a lot of the releases he's worked on. And, uh, I'm, I, I've, I've seen that he's, uh, been, been working on a new project of his own, this kind of multimedia kind of yeah. audio video storytelling thing. So I'm excited to see where That's that cool. goes and I'll hopefully I can get him on the, the podcast sometime soon. For sure. I would definitely want to hear some stories that he has, um, which, just shout out real quick to how amazing Bloodbirds were. They're not going to be like on the KC Punk archive just because they're like a 2010s band, but that record they released was one of the best things that's come out in KC. Like, I don't know, more or less call it punk, but it was kind of like a, I don't know, psychedelic desert punk. Yeah. Um, great stuff. And then, um, of course, Anna moved out to, I think, LA after that. And so there goes the band. Oh, yeah. Uh, but all, all of Anna's solo stuff has been. Oh. great too and i i definitely haven't put i've, I've listened to several multiple releases from bloodbirds but i don't think i've i i think i have the the whole discography uh mp3 but uh, i i do need to just dive spend spend some more yeah. time with that uh i'm looking for it i think i've got it right here um psychic surgery is what it's called it's um this guy right here so yeah. um great album Highly recommend it. It's definitely worth like repeat listens. It's a fantastic record. Um, are are there any? Um, I'm curious. Like you're you're doing these kind of digital, like you know, basically they're digital reissues. They're you know making this archive public on Bandcamp. Are do you have any like larger or just additional kind of archival projects that? you want to do in the future nothing that i probably could mention at the moment but yeah. uh, there's always things that i'm 
trying to get involved with and you know I, i'm i'm not going to be in austin forever i'm eventually going to be back in kc so that's definitely going to make it a lot easier to be involved and stay involved with things so when that eventually happens um i do plan on probably getting involved with some more um archival related kind of things i guess maybe a label maybe who knows um it's going to be probably a few years on the line but yeah there's definitely more things to do for sure oh, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you'll be back and we can bump into each other at a show at some point I'm, i look forward to that um is, oh, yeah. is there i guess i want to ask i'm i'm sure you when you when you come back to visit you you end up seeing a show or two and uh catching up a little bit but like is is there any like one one or two bands that you you really wish you could see on a regular basis or just see for the first time that have been active since you since you left yes um i'm really digging true lines i mean i know not you know to get off the the, the punk hardcore train here true lines is i've watched you know her kind of grow that project over the last year and it's it's to have that full length that just was released it's one of i think the best things i've heard come out of kc this year um the year is young but it's a great release um i would definitely want to go to more i'm i'm at this point i would be like the old guy at the hardcore show but i definitely want to go to like more you know dirty basement shows whenever the opportunity presents itself like bummer and stuff like that um the best thing I saw once I when I came home one year was I was able to time well the best one for sure was a revolvers reunion that I saw I think it was at Davies New Year's Eve 2015 maybe uh 2014 because I was about to turn 30 the next year uh fantastic that was like the everything I wanted it to be um drank too much beer but was yelling and screaming to every single word of every single song and it was a great night the next best one i saw was a few years ago i was home for i think it was maybe in the fall at some point and i saw part of the um lotus pool 25th anniversary show at the replay so i got to see uh panel donor which was amazing i've never got a chance to see them when they were still around um that was great it was loud as hell um drummer is just an absolute monster i mean i can't think of the guy's name at the moment but he's i think living in new york these days and plays in the psychic paramount but um great technical drummer great set it's good time oh i haven't i i've been meaning to check out panel donor for a while and i i'm not super uh well versed in some of the the lotus pool discography though i've I, yeah. I, I did really, I, I wrote about um, the Zoom reissue yes. that happened there, a couple of years ago. If you like Zoom, um, especially Helium Octopede, then you'd probably dig um, Panel Donor. They're kind of in the same boat. They shared members, you know, they had that whole, whole you know, um, Panel Donor and Zoom and Major Games and Everest and, and mm. a lot of bands, that, they all kind of share the same members um, of like the kind of 8th eighth, eighth Street tap room sort of crowd you know but uh, yeah no, i did i did see major games open for your one of the two times i saw your friend uh oh, nice. not yeah the the liberty hall release show for uh gumption that was pretty cool, cool. and um oh yeah did, did so i'm sure you because zoom played one of those lotus pool anniversary shows right did you end up seeing them they did but i didn't get to see them that time i i did get to see them i think it was maybe Oh man, it was probably 2011 or 12. Might have even been 2010. They played just a quick because I think um the singer guitarist I think he's living in Chicago these days, so he came back. They played at they played a Lawrence show, which I didn't make it out to, but they did play at the Cowtown Ballroom, which didn't have the best sound, but it was you know free daytime show I could just walk into and watch, and so that was cool. They played I think pretty much they played Helium Octopede more or less front to back, which what more could you ask for you know it's great set yeah no it's great great record um oh, and you okay i meant to ask earlier when you you mentioned them but i don't i don't think i'd even heard of the revolvers until i was looking through uh your blog this week uh what what, what are they all about they're a melodic punk band lots of songs about girls, but there's also sort of like a little bit of a twang to them. Um, they've got the the heart of a country band, 
um, but they play just good melodic verging on pop punk, but not fully like a bubble boys kind of pop punk. It's just like a good melodic punk and really good, high energy, good vocals, good lyrics, um, kind of stuff that you just throw on the car when you're just driving around like Midtown, Westport, whatever. It's just a great time capsule of like 1999 kind of era of KC, you know, but one of my favorite releases i can't say exactly why or what my affinity for it is it's just a great damn album and everyone involved with it is super talented you know wagner's still playing bass for a bunch of bands mike alexander's playing for a bunch of bands justin doesn't do much anymore but then john paul buddy lush the drummer still plays in his you know amount of bands as well so a lot of dudes that have been involved with kc music for going on 30 years at this point um, it's just great little release. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Plus the said, two covenants that came before it. Uh, and you said you caught them at Davies Uptown. And I, I, of course, a lot of people, it got, got overshadowed by the pandemic, but there was that big fire there and they have yeah. been open since then. And I, I don't know if I've heard or read anything about what they might plan to do after this, if they, plan to open there again or elsewhere or do you know anything about them i you know just based on the things that i've seen you know i'm part of a few different facebook groups one of them's like called ramble on it's just like a bunch of people that used to go to shows at davies um there's still plans to reopen as far as i know they've done some work on the bar and the you know stage area um i couldn't tell you what the status of it is right now but i think that they're still planning on reopening it as a live music venue whenever they have the chance i guess which is good i mean it's been a staple of that part of midtown for decades so i hope it lives on forever yeah that'd be history lost otherwise um it's it's where i both saw um very early on in my time show going um i saw mdc with subhumans and at your throat and that was a really fun show there's like a really hilarious picture uh, I was like 14 or 15 and I'm like my, my dad brought me to the show and uh, I had him take my picture with Dick Lucas from Subhumans and he just looks very extremely uninterested and I'm just like ah check it out that's Dick Lucas <laughs> so that was fun and I, that's also where I saw uh, Warrior Kids with Dark Ages one time oh right yeah cool that, that was a cool show too like getting to see a this like old French boy band was kind of a, a rare thing. That was cool. Nice. Yeah, Davies, they've they've always been a weird bag, that venue. I mean, they've had some amazing punk and hardcore shows and they've got like, you know, country and then rockabilly and then, you know, they were involved with grunge way back when. And, and I've seen uh, definitely a strange handful of shows there. I mean, I saw Chuck Prophet with the Grizzly Hand and went to that show with my dad and ended up like doing a review of it. And that was a great show. And I saw... That, that Revolver's reunion show had a weird lineup on it. I think it was like Chris Mack and the Guilty Birds. I think it was who he was playing with at the time. And then Dirtatis King opened up, which was, I think I, it was Dirtatis King. I'm pretty sure they were on it. I might be wrong. It might be another show I'm thinking of. And then Smash the State, maybe, I think might've been the very opener, but there's Dirtatis King, of course, is like abrasive, heavy stuff. And then the rest of the show is kind of just like tapers off into this sort of more melodic, chill vibe i guess except for revolvers i guess everyone was kind of going wild t-shirts around the heads you know <laughs> no yeah Tertos King. um i they they were like just kind of winding down as a band when i was first going to shows and i listened to uh i think both of their their tapes you know a few times each but that, that is a band i do need to uh revisit and because i remember en- enjoying it when i heard them but i, I never ended up seeing them but it is funny that um i think it's one of one of the i know matt i think matt judge was in that band and that um, right, yeah. yeah his younger brother uh paul is like this kind of like he's he's a, he's a hip-hop producer and living in okay, yeah. los angeles and that was like one of my first pitch articles was writing about that and that was kind of a fun kind of unknown connection that I, I not, not 
you know, it's kind of a, a weird connection to find that I, I enjoyed getting to That's cool. find out about. When was that? When, when did you write that? Uh, You've been with the pitch for a minute, right? Yeah, it's been like four years now. Uh, so it's probably, yeah, three or four years ago I wrote that. Right on. Yeah. Um, yeah, Matt, I mean, of course, he's been involved with tons of bands over the years. I think he was involved with at least one or two bands on that KC DIY comp. I think the uh, the hospital, I want to say, which was one of the standout tracks. They only had one song. There was like eight bands on the compilation. Mm. Seven of them had one song on either side. And then there was just the hospital who had one song and one song only. But it was one of the best songs on the compilation. It was just kind of weird, sort of, um, I don't know, like maybe like a song of Zarathustra sort of like uh, had this kind of organ work. I think Jacob Kruger was in the band as well, but really good, like kind of, I don't know, it was such a, like a, a I don't want to say time capsule over and over again, but like that, that kind of era of like black turtleneck sort of keyboard mop top warrior kind of stuff, you know, like yeah. the international noise conspiracy sort of was winding down at that point, you know, but yeah, not, not dissimilar to that sort of, stuff i guess but yeah it's all no yeah i don't i don't i, I I've, I've listened to the casey diy comp at least once or twice but i don't i don't remember off top what the the hospital sounded like but I, I so i need to check that out again but also i don't think i've listened I, I think i've downloaded but not listened to uh the release from culture camp which was oh, yeah. I think, the other band that he was yeah. in so that so like i mentioned the kcd comp i should have that up on the band camp i i think the rip that i have is of good enough quality i might decide later to to refresh it with something mm-hmm. um but culture camp i've got one other album so i'm hoping i can put that one up at some point on the band camp page because that's definitely one that just fell by the wayside i think like i you know there's maybe a dozen people who probably still have that cd out um you know and then, yeah, Dish, there were some other bands that they all kind of played shows together and shared members. That whole little era of like early 2000s um, DIY yeah. stuff, but yeah. Word. Um, I think that's most of what I wanted to get to. Um, I guess we could just wrap up by having you tell people where they can find the punk archive, the KC Punk Archive, and then also all of your social media and where people can find you and your work. Cool. Um, yeah, so the KC Punk Archive is um, it's on Bandcamp, just kcpunkarchive.bandcamp.com. Um, hoping to just keep that growing over the next few years, just as I can get things um, quality ripped. So just keep an eye on that because it will have things added to it regularly. Um, Instagram, the Analog KC is just at Analog KC. It's records and cape uh, photos posted semi-regularly. And then Compacted KC is just compact discs and CDRs from you know their existence of KC music. Um, and those are also posted kind of semi-regularly. I am I'm on social media. I mean, my, my username across everything is just Gregory Stitt. Um, so people if they want to find me or reach out or ask me a question or whatever um, they can do that my email address I guess the best one to reach would be I've just created a kcpunkarchive at gmail.com so if anybody has any questions or wants to offer up anything for the archive definitely reach out um, it, I'm just looking for a good kind of Bandcamp has these weird requirements like they the songs have to be lossless and the photo covers have to be like 1500 by 1500 pixels so they have these weird kind of like requirements for things to be up but like once you get past that it's to breeze you know you just get it uploaded and it's just like the data entry but um i i've been telling everybody this but any kind of punk adjacent band that's been active in kc at any point really up to like 2010 or so um i'm interested in putting yourself up, up there like no questions asked so I, I it's it's an inclusive archive so definitely reach out awesome well thank you for of course for for all of your hard work archiving kansas city music but also for for joining me on the show today it was a lot of fun finally i mean i know we just kind of just messaged on social media on and off the last handful of years but i'm glad we got to really really chat about it for a minute yeah for sure man um it's good to talk with somebody about music i mean it's been so long since i've 
had a, I guess this is as close to a face-to-face -face conversation as I've had with about music, but it's been a, uh, it's been fun. Hopefully yeah. I don't sound like too much of an idiot. Oh, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> and people can follow at Shuttlecock Mag on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Shuttlecockmusic.com is the website. Shuttlecockmag.bigcartel.com is the web store. There are, there will be new t-shirts coming soon. Uh, there are photozines, buttons, and the second issue of the monthly print magazine will, will be available sometime in May. And uh, make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening or watching this. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thanks again for, for being on the show, Greg. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll see everyone next time. Oh, yeah, man.